Hello and welcome to the Busy Bays Podcast, where we provide valuable insight and advice on marketing and other business type questions that auto repair shops encounter as they work towards achieving their goals. Now here's our hosts, Martin Morgan and Justin Raymond. Welcome to the Busy Bays Podcast, the podcast that's all about being the ultimate marketing and business resource for auto repair shop owners. In this episode, we focus on what customers do and where they go before finally selecting an auto repair shop to service their vehicle. We'll also share tips on what you can do to maximize your impact in those areas. One of the most critical steps in developing a successful marketing plan, and even more important, a business plan, is understanding your audience, who your customers are, what they care about, and where they are. Creating everything from ideal customer profiles to knowing your customer's journey before they purchase a service or product. And now last month we did a webinar titled Marketing Like a Million Dollar Shop Without Paying a Million Dollars. And we uploaded that audio uh, to our podcast and you can listen to that in episode two. But what we want to do is talk about that real briefly and how it ties into uh, today's episode. So if Martin, if you mind sharing kind of a little bit about what last month's webinar was about and uh, yeah, just diving into that information real quickly. Yeah, Justin. So last month we talked about really important high level foundational things when it comes to marketing and really building a business. So we, we talked about the big six questions and those six questions are who is your market? How many people are in that market? What is their problem? What pain do customers feel as a result of that problem? What solution does your shop offer to the problem? And then the really, really important one, what is different and better, of course? Those are kind of the questions we referenced in the webinar last month. And where this episode comes into play is after you answer those questions, after you spent the time going through those questions, answering them and figuring out how to make your strategy from there. And so now going forward, after answering those questions, this is where this information and where you get the most benefit out of it from. So this will help you further define your market's personas and ideal customers. The main focus of this episode is on the behavior of your customers, of your audience. And when we talk about consumer behavior, just in general, we're talking about how your customers or potential customers make decisions on what to buy, want, need, or act in regards to a product or service. So Martin, how would you define consumer behavior when it comes to the customers that go to repair shops or are looking for a repair shop? I think the big thing to think about, and you referenced it, Justin, which is really important, it's how how consumers, how your potential customers make their decisions on what to buy, or certainly in the case of repair shops, where to go, where to take their car for those needed services and and then repairs when when those come up as well. And, And I think it's not only how do they make those decisions, but, but where are they when they're considering those decisions? Where do they look uh, to, to come up with the, the right place that they're gonna feel comfortable taking their car for, for that service? And the one thing I, I also wanna say on top of that that I always think is important is that as business people, we often forget about how we approach things as consumers. So we'll take that stuff for granted and we'll only see it from our side of the business. And, and we forget that as consumers, oh, these are our behaviors. These are the ways that we think about that. This is what happened when 
my husband or my wife decided to make a decision that was similar or when I decided to make a decision that was similar. So I would encourage everybody to consider that when you're thinking about how you want to market and how you want to react or take consumer behavior into uh, consideration when you make good decisions. Now we, we've been around for, for, for more than a decade and we, we understand how shop owners day to day works. It's extremely crazy. You never know what's going to happen. And so understanding your consumer behavior and the changes in how they pick their repair shop probably isn't a priority, you know, at the top of their list. And so why should they make time for this? Why is it important for them to, to know what their customers are doing these days? I think there's there's a couple of things that are really important. One is the marketing side of things. How 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 do you want to market to influence your potential customers and and certainly that target audience that you want to get to. Maybe that's high dollar ARO, maybe that's you just want to get as many cars into your base as possible. But you want to think about it from a marketing standpoint. You want to think about it from a sales standpoint. When you have somebody on the phone or when somebody's standing in front of a service advisor, you want to be able to talk to them and understand where they are, why they're there, what they're looking for, what they care about. Similarly, that plays into customer service, right? So somebody comes into your shop, you want to make them, if they're, if they're feeling bad, if they're scared, if they're nervous, you want to make them feel better, you want to comfort them. Uh, there may be some occasions where somebody comes in and, and they feel as if they know everything uh, that you may want to push their buttons a little bit. But the more that you understand about who they are, uh, what their journey has been, how they've got to you and, and what they're looking for, the better off uh, you're going to be able to do both from a sales and customer service standpoint. Yeah, Martin mentioned the ROI and you can see your ROI being a lot more positive. If you truly understand who your customer is, you're able to put yourself in their shoes and know where they are and, and why they make those decisions. So it's extremely more effective that way um, because you'll be able to, to be where they are when they go online. You'll be able to answer the questions that they have. When their car breaks down, you'll be there. When their friends ask where they want to take their car, you'll be there. Uh, you will eventually turn into the, the repair shop in town if you're not that already because you'll be truly understanding your customers, meeting their needs, They'll be satisfied, they'll leave reviews, and they'll tell your friends about you, which is a huge advantage and extremely awesome from a marketing standpoint. And that's something that you know we always strive for. Uh, just us understanding who our audience is, you know, as shop owners, uh, it's more opportunities we have to help you and provide information that can help you improve your business. So it's extremely valuable. So one of the things we want to talk about is consumer behavior has definitely changed from the past till now and the way people used to pick repair shops is different and it might be different uh, for me to Martin so I'm waiting to hear uh, how Martin selected his repair shop back then if he did select it and then you'll hear from me which might be a tad different so Martin if you can remember picking your first repair shop or taking your car to the repair shop how did you select that shop? So I grew up in a really small town, so I basically had one choice. So that, does, that doesn't really count. Um, but, but you know, part of what it was, it, it was a lot of word of mouth, certainly. You, you would talk to people, and, and that happens still. Um, you know, for, for many similar services that I think now, more often what I'll do is, is go online and, and look. So I, I want to, similar to word of mouth, 
you know, Google and reviews are the current word of mouth. So that, that certainly plays a, a big role into, into how I, I make my decisions when it comes to services nowadays. And for me, I grew up in Raleigh when I was able to drive. So Raleigh, North Carolina, lots of repair shops, lots of options. I really didn't know much about cars growing up. I just knew how to make it go pretty much. And so whenever I uh, had an issue with my car, I would take it to the shop that my parents were taking the other cars. So I didn't even have to look up for other repair shops in the area, search for other repair shops. You know, I trusted my parents knew what they were doing. They had a good relationship with the mechanic. And so I took my car there. And as I went to college and kind of grew up and became an adult, uh, you know, I came to work at repair shop websites. And one of the first things I did that I remember doing is, well, I need, I need an oil change. And it's kind of hard to get an oil change when you're working full time. And, you know, on the weekends, you really don't like to work that much. So trying to get an oil change done during the week. And so I looked up repair shops, you know, around our location. And what came up was Monarchy and some other shops, some other independent local shops. And Monarchy had the best reviews. And I think, like Martin mentioned, Google reviews are extremely important. Uh, everybody looks at reviews as far as research goes when it comes to shops. And so I thought, all right, I'll take my car there, give them a shot, give them an opportunity to earn my business. And they did, all because of Google reviews. So that's a lot different from where it is, where it was back then to now, where trusting my parents, they always went there. I never asked my parents why they picked that shop. I don't know how they found it. Uh, that'd be an interesting conversation. It's a good question. Yeah, yeah, you do wonder, especially at that point. Yeah, I don't know how, how or why they found that shop, but it worked out, he was a good guy. Um, Unfortunately, I had to change shops and it worked out for the better. But just seeing that, focusing on the reviews, can you can you think of anything else that people use or where they go online to uh, pick shops these days? I, I think certainly reviews in, in Google, I think it's it's a lot of it is based on a search. So proximity and closeness to them, just like what you said, Justin, where when, once you were here, you wanted to find a shop that was close to where you were. So you probably Googled that. You, look at, you looked at the reviews. You looked at the shops that were close. You looked at the best reviews. So, so that does matter. And, and that's not to say that everybody is just looking at the place that's closest to them. But, but that's a factor. So you, you consider that. The, the other piece of that, and, and certainly what has changed uh, a lot, is... Uh, from a technology standpoint is you have cell phones. So the mobile phone has changed everything so that anybody anywhere can really search for that. And, and what often happens is they not, may not be looking for a place right next to them, but they may be trying to find a place uh, where, where they specifically either live or, or where they work or, or in a, a different place, depending on where they are, right? So um, no matter where they are, they, they might modify that search for a specific town or area, or they may just do it wherever they are at the point. But that has definitely changed a great deal of how people find the service providers that they use. Well, how, do you, how did you pick the repair shop that you're using? right now is there anything you did differently compared to the one shop you had in your town uh i i have to admit that uh honda got me with uh free free in quotes oil changes you know for the life of the car so that's that's usually where i take it uh take my car for for that purpose uh, um when i think about other things though uh, my wife for instance um she was looking for a place that was really close to where she worked 
And so there was a place that, that wasn't too far. Uh, and and she, she takes her van to, uh, to that place to get uh, all, all the service. Um, and another thing is, is that that can be really helpful is very specific services whether those often will fall into like European or, or German or, or Japanese type models or cars, somebody's a Toyota specialist, all of those things can, can definitely help as well. I think now that, now that you mentioned what your wife did, I was trying to think about how my wife picked a shop and she's been going to the same shop her whole life. And so she's located in a small town and she just has a great relationship with the shop owner. He's real one-on-one, -on -one, real personal. So if you think about it from that standpoint, that relationship, that personal relationship is still valuable regardless of where people go online, where they find the shops, all that stuff. Just providing that service and that one-on-one -on -one still seems to be really important. Absolutely, and, and not, that's definitely important to keep a customer. Like you said, it, a lot of times, you know, unless, unless you do something wrong, many customers will continue to come to you if, if you've built a good relationship with them. Which is which is really important, um, and it, but it also that that word of mouth that you're more likely somebody's going to give you a good review on Google, so you want to try to nurture those relationships or or a nice review on Facebook or they may mention you on Facebook or next door you know next door is getting bigger and bigger with people in neighborhoods where they may make a recommendation and I see it almost on a daily basis you know somebody's looking for HVAC somebody's looking for painters somebody's looking for a um, you know some sort of contractor for work that they want at home and somebody's looking for a repair shop you know that they, they may be new to town and they have some sort of special situation and they'll put it on there and say hey you know neighbors any anybody recommend uh, a good honest trust trustworthy repair shop I've, this is my situation who would you recommend and you'll often see a bunch of people pipe in because people want to help others so you know that's part of why we give reviews part of why we do that part of why we depend on word of mouth so so the more reasons you give people to talk about the great service you provide then they're gonna they're gonna do that when they get the chance you mentioned nextdoor.com I've heard of it but I don't know much about it can you kind of talk about a little more what that is right so nextdoor is is a platform it's a it's it's online it's also based in an app and and people also get emails so uh it it's built around neighborhoods and oftentimes it's it's built to be neighbors helping neighbors so it could be something where somebody says hey i've, I've got this ping pong table i'm selling it for 50 bucks anybody interested or it can be hey watch out for these kids who are, who are playing like ding dong ditch and stuff or they might have pictures of them from their ring doorbell uh, but a lot of a lot of what comes of it too is is recommendations for local service providers. So uh, and some of these some of the next door neighborhoods are smaller and some of them are big. So uh, the one that we're a part of is 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 way bigger than our neighborhood. I don't know why exactly that happens, but it is. So you've got people from probably something like a ten mile radius who are sharing ideas and and. You know, things about schools in town and, and how to, if somebody's going to the high school football game. And again, lots of recommendations where either somebody is specifically asking for one or somebody has just received such great service that they want to say, hey, I just went to this restaurant. It was the best meal I ever had in my life. And the server, Jill, she was fantastic. 
can't recommend it enough. You guys should visit it when you get the chance. Is there any way like companies or shops could leverage that or companies not allowed on there? There's definitely a way that it can be leveraged. Uh, you can advertise on there. I don't know that I would recommend that. I don't know enough, enough about it to say. Uh, but what often happens is if, if, you, if you're a part of or you monitor it for your neighborhood and let's say somebody, somebody was to ask about a repair shop and if you have one of your neighbors or, or multiple of your neighbors who you know are your customers, um, you know, feel free to ask them to say, hey, I'd really appreciate it. Or maybe you prep them before to say, man, it would be great. Um, I, I really appreciate you being a customer for all these years. Uh, it would be awesome if after your next service, if you feel like we did a nice job, if you would just go ahead and, and put that on, on next door, uh, because that, that can mean a lot to our business. And we really want to try to draw as many customers as possible from this area because the, the shop is right down the street. Okay, that's, that's great advice uh, to kind of build on top of the referrals there. One of the things we want to talk about was what kind of contributed to this shift in behavior. And one of the things Martin mentioned was the cell phone. The cell phone is extremely critical to that. Uh, as far as expectations go, people want answers right now. Uh, even when you say right now, they want it before then. <laughs> yes, immediately. <laughs> immediately. I'm one of those people. And I use my cell phone to even find the shop. I have a desktop computer I use at work, but I still use my cell phone. Uh, to find that shop and so I think one of the other things that are important when it comes to referrals is social media to kind of build on his what next door what he was referring to and people are using social media to ask uh, for referrals and recommendations I see it all the time whether it's somebody hey has somebody been to the Bahamas can they recommend a hotel I've seen that um, has anybody been to this place uh, what do you guys think about this? And especially repair shops. Hey, you know, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm new here. Can anybody recommend a repair shop? I see that all the time on social media. So the uh, podcast from, from last month was about knowing your audience and know where they are, right? So if, especially if you're in an area where you have a bunch of millennials or, or uh, perhaps it's in a college town, you know, you want to know where they are. Millennials are going to be on Facebook most likely, right? So if your audience is on Facebook a lot, then you want to be on Facebook, just like Justin said. You want to, you want to be in the places where your audience ultimately is. What, what, I'll often, uh, what I'll often talk about with some of the shop owners or other people, some customers and some not, people that aren't customers of ours is, is just warn people, don't go somewhere because somebody says, oh, you need to do this. If somebody says you need to do something and that's not where your where your target customer base is, then they're not really helping you. You want to try to know as much as you can about your target customer base and where they are. So if if your if your target customers are online and, and they're on and they're on social media, they're on Facebook, awesome. If you've got a really young customer base potentially, or maybe you're in a college town and there are a lot on Instagram or something like that. Well, by all means, go ahead and utilize Instagram a lot. I spoke to one shop who is up in Pennsylvania, and they do a lot of custom wheel work. And they have just maxed out their Instagram presence, and it gets them lots of business. So depending, too, on the different services that you offer, some of those, some of those social media, some of those areas are going to be better for you than others. So a, a big part of taking advantage of that, you know, learn about your audience, know where they are, and then make sure you're there. And if on social media especially, if you can do it in a non-selling way, 
Maybe it's an informative way. Maybe you're just sharing some of the work you've done, but you're not asking people all the time, hey, buy from me, buy from me, buy from me. Uh, that's going to be much more natural, and you'll likely draw on a lot more people because of that. Yeah, 100% there. Uh, just like we said in the beginning, just understanding who your customers are, where they go, where they spend their time, that gives you a huge advantage. So just having that social media presence, if your audience is there, is critical, especially with the referrals. And so we kind of mentioned people go to Facebook, and we've also mentioned Instagram as far as looking for a shop. Uh, we were talking about that we'd use cell phone uh, to search for repair shops. And of course, when we talk about searching, we're referencing Google, because what other search yeah. engines are there? They're the 800 pound gorilla. Exactly. So when we talk about Google, and, and kind of winning the trends game when it comes to where your consumers are, and where they go to find a reliable shop that can service their vehicle, how can they leverage Google? How can shops use Google to take advantage of this and attract those new customers that they're looking for? The, the most important thing you want to do with Google is make sure you have a Google My Business profile set up and make sure you've maxed it out as much as possible. So importantly, from a repair shop standpoint, you've got a physical location. So you've got to make sure that your location is there. That's going to make a big difference in local search. So the map stuff that pops up when you search for something and, and the shops that show up under there, that's going to help you. But don't just stop there. Put as many pictures as you can. Picture, pictures matter a lot. Utilize the different pieces that come along with Google My Business. There's a Q&A section, and some people would think, oh, well, that's really just for potential customers to ask questions. Well, that's not necessarily the case. You can plant your own questions right in there and then answer those questions. So if there are common questions that you get, make sure to just put those in there and try to answer those for people. So you may want not want to do that if you feel like that gets you in a good conversation, um, but it may be more likely to help you in a way where if, if you're asking something that might be a little bit abstract or you say maybe you specialize in German automobiles and say you can put something like there as a question, uh, do you do work on BMWs? And then you put the answer, yes, we definitely do. In fact, we specialize in BMWs. But give us a call to learn more or, or something like that. So, so utilize that, the question and answer in there. Utilize the pictures. Uh, they're rolling out stuff all the time. Use it as much as you can. Use the posts. Uh, again, if you can share information, that's great. But let's say you're doing some sort of special or something like that. Just max out that, that GMB, that Google My Business profile, and, and, and keep active on it as well. One of the uh, most important parts of your Google My Business profile is having your website linked to it. Uh, if it's not linked to it, then you're not searching as well as you possibly could be. And in order to have your website linked to it, you need a website. Yes. So when you think about a website, what is the most important things for shop owners to have on their website? I think the website is a great place to, to get back to the six questions that we talked about last month. Is, is that That's the place where you really want to highlight what is different and better about the services that you provide. What, what's unique for you? Uh, some people talk about a unique selling proposition. What are those things that you provide that other people don't that you compete against? But certainly cover your uniqueness. Cover those things that... That, that you do better. This is something that you, you own more than anything else that's out there. Uh, the website is, is there for you to, to build 
um, to build that that portrayal of, of who you are as people. Uh, don't forget that. It's not just about the services. If you've got a great story to tell, tell your story. Get that on there. People are going to be more likely to do business with those that they have a human connection with. So make sure to utilize that as much as you can. And something else to think about is when you're creating your website or someone else is creating your website, that information above the fold of your website is really important. And when I say above the fold, it's the part of the website you see before you scroll down. And people, well, statistics say that they will leave your website within six seconds. Yes. It yep. might even be less now. I don't know. Yep. It seems to change every day, every time I look it up. It's short. <laughs> but if they go to your website and they can't find the information they're looking for or understand what you're about, within six seconds, they will leave and go somewhere else. It's the most important information, I think, that should be above the fold for shops is the location. So understanding where you are so they know if it's convenient or not, if they can get to you. Also, your phone number and other contact information so they can contact you easily. And Martin referenced the uniqueness, kind of having a message there. Understanding what you guys do and what you're about is critical as well. And is there anything else you can think of that's important for both the fold? Just just to further uh, talk about a point that you did, Justin, which you, you want to make sure you have the calls to action there, right? So Justin talked about phone number, really important. Other ways to reach you, you may have an appointment request, but encourage people to call you. You know, call us here or you know some sort of call to action in there. And uh, previously we talked about people using Facebook as far as referrals and looking for shops in the area. So some things you can do well on Facebook is be active, like we mentioned, and kind of showing the personality face of your business and people like connecting with people and there's people that run businesses so the more personality that you can show for your shop it, it's great it gives people the opportunity uh, to interact with you uh, you stay top of mind especially maybe you're running a contest on Facebook or, or posting pictures about some exciting stuff that you have going on is there anything else on Facebook you think that people should be posting or? Uh, I think we covered most everything on Facebook. Now, now depending on your location, there may, may be other opportunities. So keep your eyes open for other things. There may be groups or, or something that, that would make a lot of sense for you. But, um, you know, I think we covered most of it. I think uh, something else to think about as far as content goes, uh, post helpful articles or tips for your customers. Um, they're always... So whenever something goes wrong with their car, they're always looking for information. Is it something that I need to be worried about? Is it something I don't need to be worried about? They're looking for answers to those questions. And so if you have those answers on your Facebook page, they're more likely to go to your page. And as far as, like I said, the personality goes and posting content, um, it could be someone's birthday, it could be something cool to post, uh, maybe a customer testimonial a video of you guys showing somebody how to fix a vehicle, a specific item on a car could be awesome as well. Just being the expert and just earning their trust is what Facebook can definitely do for your shop. One other thing you can do to kind of improve your marketing uh, strategy, kind of add your strategy. If you're not doing this already, I don't know if you thought about kind of reaching out to your community, kind of building a partnership with your community. Um, how, do, how can shop owners leverage their community or, or what do you think is important that they should do there? 
I think a couple of things here, and, and one ties in again to the, the previous one, which is uh, the, the previous podcast we did, which is know where your audience is. So wherever those people in your community are doing things, wherever the hot areas are, whatever's going on in, in your area, you want to try to make those connections. So let's say you have a really active downtown area. Um, you know, Justin mentioned we're in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. I live close to Wake Forest, North Carolina, which doesn't happen to be where actually Wake Forest University is. Some of you may know that, but you know, fun fact. Uh, but, but Wake Forest has a really, really cool downtown community and they've got a brewery right there on White Street. And then uh, there's many times during the course of the year where they'll just block the whole street off and, and get thousands of people who will come downtown and just hang out and they'll have bands, they'll have uh, food trucks, all sorts of really cool stuff, right? So if you're in an area like that where you've got those things going on uh, and you want to get your, your name or get your logo or, or just have some conversations with people, that's a, that's a great thing to get tied into uh, from a community standpoint. So keep your eye out for where those customers that you want to talk to are. Uh, other things, you know, we, I, I always encourage people, Little League events, uh, you know, it could be uh, some sort of dance type tie-in, maybe gymnastics. There are so many things that are happening around, around town, uh, depending again on what type of community that you live in. Just it would encourage you to get involved with the community and, uh, and, and have the chance to, to get people thinking about the services that you provide. And, and also, if you can, um, you can get a lot of credit for that tied into, you, if, tied into your website. So anything you support, anything you're involved in, you know, ask for a link uh, to your website and that'll help you a lot from a search standpoint. Yeah, Martin mentioned events. So outside community events, you can actually host your own events and they're not that expensive. So just to give you two quick ideas of what you could do, you could do an event focused on new drivers, which I think would be extremely helpful. Parents could take their teenagers to your shop and you can kind of maybe teach them how to drive or what certain parts of the car are or if the smoke is this color, this is the issue, or if you hear <laughs> if you hear this, this is the problem, which is something I didn't get growing up. I wish I did, uh, but I know now, um, not as much, but I know more than, than I did in the past. And also maybe possibly teaching women about cars. Um, you know, there's a stereotype that women don't tr get treated well at shops. I don't know if that's, I would say that's not true. I haven't seen this in person, but if you look on the internet, uh, Women get mistreated at shops, they get you know talked down to and all these things. So if you have a class focused on women and how you can help them out, they're more likely to trust you, open up to you, and building that loyalty and spend more money in your shop. So I think that'd be, that'd be helpful. The uh, other important part uh, to what, what Justin was talking about is you wanna make sure that all these things are really genuine too, right? So you've got to approach them with a lot of care and, and again, wanting to build a relationship. People are gonna see through real quickly if, if you're not genuine about it, if you're doing it only from the standpoint of just hoping to get some people there and then you know selling them on, on some, some sort of services. So everything you do, make sure you're real genuine about it. So from that standpoint, those things that you're passionate, passionate about helping your community or, or again, things like new drivers or maybe specific programs for women at your shop that can be really helpful. Building that trust and establishing uh, your, your care for the community, 
that that can be hugely helpful to your business. Absolutely, absolutely. And so I bet you're probably wondering, you know, I don't have I don't have much time to spend throughout the day. I can't pay always pay attention to what my customers are doing and when things change. So I have to rely on business resources, industry resources for this information. So how can you monitor these trends? Uh, we just want to talk about one thing that we do as a company that's extremely helpful, and that's provide an industry report focused on marketing. So Mark, can you share a little bit of information about what kind of uh, report we generate and that provide for them and how it's kind of helpful for them? Yeah, so there's a, uh, last year we did a big survey of independent repair shop owners uh, to find out what things they were doing for marketing and what was working the most. So we didn't want to just ask, hey, what are you spending dollars on from a marketing standpoint? We more importantly wanted to figure out what are you, what are you doing that is helping you from, from a marketing standpoint. So we've got that survey. It's available on our website. Feel free to check it out. We'd love to have you um, give it a read. Uh, the other thing is we're currently working on a, a survey of, of repair shop customers. So we've gone out, surveyed a whole bunch of consumers. We're pulling together the, the data now around the type of person who may go to a dealership, the type of person that may hit a bigger franchise, and the type of person that might go to uh, independent auto repair shops. And, and they're not mutually exclusive either. So, you know, consumers are consumers and, and they're likely to either go to the place that gave them the best deal or the place that they trust the most. Um, the, those things don't have to be mutually exclusive either, but sometimes it seems like, like that's the case. So we're gonna have a whole bunch of new data that we should be releasing within the next three to four weeks as well. So I encourage you to keep your eyes out for that. Yeah, that's exciting. We've had shop owners all across the United States download our previous reports. There's definitely a need there, and we are happy to share that with you. And like he mentioned, you can get that on our resource center on repairshopwebsites.com, or feel free to email us if you have questions or if there's topics you'd like to hear or if you'd like to receive the previous survey that we did for 2018 our email is team underscore rsw at repairshopwebsites.com thank you for listening to the busy bays podcast if you want more information about this episode please visit myrsw.com and go to our resource center we plan on hosting one of these every month so subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out Also, we just have one more favor to ask of you. It would mean the world to us if you would share this with your friends and colleagues. Our goal is to help auto repair shops succeed so you can help us achieve this goal by just telling someone else about this show. Thanks again. Have a great day.